Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Animation Fascination. I'm Mark Vibbert, and with me again, as always, is Matt Quest. Hello! And today we have a special guest host in Corey Armstrong. Hey, how's it going? Corey, explain to everybody why we have you on today. Um, You have me on because I won a bet. <laughs> um... <laughs> I, I won a bit. No, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm on because of my love of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which we're going to be talking about today. Is that right? Yep. That, and then you've got some experience in, well, you are an artist. And, yeah. <laughs> and you've done some animation as well. So. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Uh, and then if anyone hasn't listened to the podcast before, this podcast focuses on the world of animation. Each episode, we feature an animated series or a film from the past or present, whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion. If it's animated, it's up for discussion with us. Uh, so today, the first thing we're going to get into are the new releases on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, and have you, either of you, ever watched the TV series The Snorks? I, oh. I have. Better I known have, as I've... the underwater version of the Smurfs. <laughs> Yeah. The rip-off Smurfs, yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is funny, because we talked about this a little bit when we did our Hanna-Barbera episode. Uh, it's, it's essentially Hanna-Barbera ripping off themselves, <laughs> or I guess running out of ideas, and they're like, let's just stick the Smurfs underwater. <laughs> Do they have like like little snorkel-like things on top of their heads? Yeah, the, the top of their head is a, is essentially <laughs> yeah. a, a snorkel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, this it takes place on... And 1634, apparently. Yeah. But, yeah, and then it's it's essentially the Smurfs underwater, though, but uh, the first season of this is coming out on DVD from, from Warner Archive. So if you guys would want to relive all of the snorky adventures, you can rejoin All-Star Casey, Daphne, Dimmy, Jr., and Tudor. There's a guy named his his name is Tudor. <laughs> Tudor. <laughs> but right. you can join all all of their their fun in the the first season of that. And the only thing that's on the DVD is the episodes. So if you wanted to to know how Snorks came about by making of or like audio commentary, you're out of luck with that. So uh, the the next thing is the first Christmas is coming out on DVD, which is another stop motion film from Rankin and Bass, who did like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer and Santa Claus is coming to town. And I think this will join the the category of like the little drummer boy for like the ones that they did that I have really no interest in ever watching again. <laughs> it, it's just like a I don't know like. The, the cover of this, they almost kind of, if you didn't know it was a stop animated film, you would think that it was CGI because of the way they redid the cover. Yeah, yeah but, it looks really weird. I mean, this is just, there's nothing really striking about it at all. It's just, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about Lucas, an orphan shepherd who is blind and discouraged from injuries suffered during a storm. So it's a, it's a real, you know, uplifting movie. <laughs> uh, and then he's rescued by a nun who nurses him back to health, and with her, her help, uh, he learns the deeper meaning of Christmas. So, I'm a, yeah. So, <laughs> definitely, if if you haven't seen this, I mean, it's not really worth, you don't really need to run out and go and watch it, but if you liked the other Rankin Bass films and you liked Little Drummer Boy, that's like in the same vein as that, so 
check it out if you like the Little Drummer Boy. If you like Rudolph and Santa Claus Come to Town, probably don't check that out. <laughs> but if if anything, even if it's a, a bad anim- animated film, you can always learn some good thing from it. So watch at least maybe five minutes of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good suggestion. I'll do that. All right. Uh, and, then, and then from there, we're getting into the Blu-rays. Uh, the first one, I was really excited that it's finally come out in Blu-ray. It's one of my favorite Disney films, and we talked about it a bit when we did the our Disney Xerox era episode, is yeah. The Great Mouse Detective on Blu-ray. And like every other Disney Blu-ray, this Blu-ray looks amazing. All, it, it looks like the film was animated yesterday. Uh, and then this, like we talked about, is this is one of the films that Pixar first worked on are with putting in the the CGI into this film. And it was actually the first Disney film that had CGI incorporated into it, which everybody knows from the the clock scene near the end of the film. The only thing that I would say stinks about this Blu-ray is that there is essentially one special feature on there. There's a a making of it, which that was cool to see, but it was Mm -hmm. like four minutes long and Uh. it was more aimed at kids than anything. And then a lot of bonus on it. Yeah. It's the Mystery in the Mist edition. So I guess the Mystery in the Mist is that there's no special features. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then there's like a little kid, so you think you can be a sleuth thing on there, like teaching kids how to be detectives if they want to be. And then there's a sing-along for the Radigan song in the movie. Mm -hmm. So definitely, if you like Dirt Mouse Detective and you want to upgrade to the Blu-ray, that's definitely worth it. Uh, and the last one, uh, th- these first three are all out on DVD and Blu-ray now, too. The last one comes out on Tuesday, uh, October 16th, with Pete's Dragon. What are you guys' memories of Pete's Dragon when you were kids? Yeah, uh, Pete's Dragon. Wow. I mean, when, when I was young, actually, I've, I've maybe seen it about once or twice. Um, it wasn't until I went back, on, went back to it um, where I actually remembered, you know, the movie, but uh, it's one of those that kind of, I guess, slipped away from me when I was when I was little. Yeah, I, I remember seeing this like when I was way younger. Just the, uh, um, it, it was one of the first that I think I can remember that had the live action with the two D. So that was pretty cool, and uh, yeah, that uh, was pretty neat. I remember when I watched this when I was a kid. I always got really bored watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because. The movie is like it's over two hours long, which oh, is which is pretty long for like a, a film aimed towards kids. For kids, cause, yeah. Because most most of the time they're like seventy minutes at most, and it was kind of weird. This is a typo on the back of the the disc. It says that it's eighty eight minutes, and the, that's definitely not eighty eight minutes long. <laughs> maybe it's a maybe it's a cut. <laughs> I know there's there's a shortened version of this movie which is eighty eight minutes long, but the one that's on the actual Blu ray is like two hours and twenty minutes long. Uh-huh. Pete's Dragon, the epic version. It was like one of the, the first films that Disney incorporated. Well, the first color film. No, actually, it wasn't even the first color film because Three Caballeros was that. But it was one of the their films that they um, mixed animation with live action in it. And the animators on Pete's Dragon to make actually made Elliot look more oriental, apparently, because they thought that they were more associated with good than bad. So. Oh, yeah. I do. I, re- I remember that now. That's a little weird. And then the, this film was actually the first one involving animation that had nothing to do with any of the original nine old men working on it. 
Uh, and then uh, the technique that they used in it to composite it, there's there's a feature on, on the Blu-ray that they talk about it. The, the kid that played Pete talks entirely about the process. Mm. It's, it's right on the tip of my tongue, and I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it was a special process that uh, Irix came up with and that they used for the film. And it was Don Hahn actually was an assistant director on the film with Don Bluth on this, too. So got a little bit of Disney history in there with animation and then... Don Han would go on to work on another animation with live-action film, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. What's kind of interesting when watching this Blu-ray is that I remember more of the songs from this than I remember any of the movie itself. Totally. <laughs> and, yes, yeah, so, because I'm like, watching it, there were songs that seemed familiar that I hadn't, and I hadn't watched this movie since I was, like, 12 years old or mm. probably even before that. But and it, and it came out in, like, the 70s or something like that, right? Yeah, it was uh, was it was it? it was like before well before my time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was sure. like 1977. So yeah. yeah, more or less the the music at least is good in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that comes out on Tuesday, and like all the other Disney movies, it looks great too. Uh so with that, we're gonna get into the news, and the first thing from there is that next year on this time, there's going to be a Toy Story. Halloween special called Toy Story of Terror. Uh, I'm looking forward to that because did you, did you guys hear about this yet at all? This was yeah. the first I saw it when I came, it came up on the link for you. So this is pretty sweet. Uh, and basically, I'm hoping Leonric is going to be involved with this because let's listen to like the basic synopsis. What starts out as a fun road trip for the Toy Story gang takes an unexpected turn for the worse when the trip detours to a roadside motel. After one of the toys goes missing, the others find themselves caught up in a mysterious sequence of events that must be solved before they all suffer the same fate in this Toy Story of Terror. So, I'm, like, I want to be surprised if there's some Shining references in there, and, like, since Leonric is such a huge fan of The Shining, I'm sure he'd want to be involved. <laughs> oh, I bet there is. But when I first heard about the, uh, the Toy Story of Terror, man, I was... Very excited. It, it just recently uh, was announced, right? So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll, they had that little, uh, like, uh, teaser screen or uh, a screenshot. And I'm like, I, I love anything Toy Story. So as soon as, you know, as soon as this came out, I was all excited about it. So I can't wait to see it. I think the reason they're doing this is, like, obviously a Toy Story brand is so popular. And then oh, yeah. the Toy Story tunes have been doing well The uh, Hawaiian Vacation, Small Fry, and now Party Story Shrex. And, yeah. and you guys have seen all three of those, right? Right. I, like I haven't them. seen the Party Story Shrex. Oh, yeah. Party Story Shrex is actually online now for free, so if you Google search it and you'll be able to find it. You can watch the entire thing online for free in HD. So. Nice. Sweet. I'll post nice. a link to that, too. Uh, but, yeah, I'm interested in seeing this. And, and uh, this is one of two holiday specials they're doing. They're doing another one that's going to be or at least, I'm not. I don't think next spring, but probably the spring after that. Which I'm assuming that might that'll probably be like an Easter special or something like that. Hmm. So uh, it, it's cool to kind of stay within the Toy Story world without getting like legit sequels to these because we don't really need a Toy Story four, but it's nice to right get to little keep up with the characters. Yeah, get little stuff. snippets and whatnot. Yeah, I wouldn't actually even be uh, upset if like they did like a flashback one and like you know. Had Andy as as a kid, like maybe like as like a I don't know, like they did like a Thanksgiving one or Christmas one like that. So it's always something they could Episode do too. One. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
And then the next thing is that Leica has announced uh, they're setting a release date for their next film that's going to be coming out next fall. Or not next fall, September 26, 2014. Yeah, so the, the title project hasn't yet been revealed, but it's likely one of two films studio recently put into production, Goblins or Wildwood. Uh, Goblins is an adaptation of the book by Philip Reeve, which centers on a clever young goblin who lives among his slightly less mannered brethren, and an ancient evil that only he understands is rising and threatens to bring all monsters and mythical creatures into an epic magical conflict, which that sounds pretty cool. Uh, and the other possibility is an adaptation of the adult fantasy novel Wildwood uh, by the Decemberist uh, lead singer Colin Malloy. Uh, the story of Wildwood is set in an alternate version of Portland, Oregon, filled with magic and danger. The protagonist is a young lady who must enter the impassable wilderness in order to save her kidnapped younger brother. Uh, and apparently that one would be the first in the plan of a trilogy. I'm, I'm looking forward to these because I, I liked Paranorman. Mm. And I, I like my favorite films that have come out this year have been stop motion films. So I'm, I'm all for more stop animation. Definitely. So definitely looking forward to these. Uh, and the two storylines for those both seem pretty cool, especially that Goblins one. So definitely looking forward to that. And the next thing is Blue Sky has announced uh, the Peanuts gang will be hitting theaters. Uh, they've gotten the rights to develop a new animated film with, you know, Snoopy and Charlie Brown and Lucy and Linus and everybody from them. And I'm assuming this will probably be a CG animated film. Although it would be cool if they, they went old school with the Peanuts gang and did it in the hand-drawn animation to make it kind of, you know, fit like the same thing all of us remember from Charlie Brown Christmas and Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. What? They should, kind of like the uh, the new Winnie the Pooh, you know? They should go with the 2D style, just like oh, it yeah. was. Oh, yeah. Definitely, because, I mean, you'd get all the people that grew up with with the, the Snoopy gang wanting to see it. But what, what I'm happy about is that uh, Charles Schultz's uh, son and grandson are both writing and producing the film, too. So I'm glad that part of his, like, original family is actually working on this film as well and involved and it's not just blue sky making the film and not incorporating anything of whatsoever from that. So right, right. Should be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, and then the last little bit of thing on our, our news is that the Pixar's monsters university viral site is now live, which is pretty awesome. It's like a full blown college website. Anything you would find on a regular college website, you can find there. Merchandise, sweatshirts, that's pretty sweet. I'm looking at it right now, and it looks pretty awesome. Like, yeah. it is straight up like a college website. Like, with the football team and, like, the, you know, the buildings and everything. And it's, like, college life. They have, like, screenshots everywhere. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it looks pretty sweet. I'm already uh, on the... Uh, like the admissions page and I'm trying to apply, but it's saying I, you know, I have to wait till next semester. So yeah, <laughs> they have a thing on there for like ID cards and like admission, like you're saying it. I think what's, what's funny is like some of the merchandise that they do have on there is that's already sold out is like merchandise with like two head holes or like <laughs> uh, eight arms on the shirt. So it's, it's kind of like a little funny tongue-in-cheek thing that they have on there with that stuff. The only <laughs> criticism I have on there is that, like, that stuff is super expensive that they're selling. Like, way, over, like, way overpriced. Like, 
I, I think one of the hoodies was like fifty dollars or something like that. So I, I would hope that they get marked down a little bit, maybe in the spring when they start taking admissions for Monsters University. <laughs> but I'm definitely excited about this because it's just building up the excitement for Monsters University when that comes out next year. It's it's always cool when they do little things like this to you know yeah. promote the movies and stuff like that. So it's awesome. Yeah. Because with that, like all the stuff that they have on there, it seems like stuff that usually that they would only sell at the Pixar uh, Studios store like right on their campus so that's right, right. that's cool that they're selling some of this stuff uh and from that we're gonna get into the new trailers the only kind of new trailer this week is for marvel's next animated film iron man and hulk heroes united uh did either of you guys get a chance to watch this at all i'm i'm i love like I was always a big fan of Iron Man, even before the movies and stuff like that. I was more of a fan of Iron Man than Hulk, um, you know, as a comic reader. So, I mean, with the growing, um, you know, uh, popularity of of these Marvel characters, I think it's pretty cool that you know, they're uh, they're bringing them out. And I, I don't know if it's supposed to be uh, connected to the Marvel universe at all, but that would be cool too, even if, even though it's animated, you know. Yeah. Because, yeah, because, I mean, like, they have Coulson and the Ultimate Spider-Man show, but right. that's kind of, like, its own separate continuity in and of itself, but it's cool that his character exists in multiple things now. But, like, this is CG animated. It kind of looks kind of like that Iron Man Armored Adventures uh, series that was on, like, that same kind of CG-style yeah. animation, or, like, the old Spider-Man uh, MTV cartoon. MTV one, yeah. Uh, and, I mean, it looks like... I don't, it, it didn't really, you know, make me so I'll say, oh man, I can't wait till that comes out. It kind of felt like, like an elongated episode of like maybe like a series pilot or something that they were trying to yeah. do. Mm. And I don't know. Not, I mean, it is obviously paying, playing off the success of Avengers because it's got a team up of two of the members of that. And right, right. So it should, should be interesting to see what that is. And I'll be that'll be a straight to Blu-ray like like the rest of Marvel's. Uh, animated films so check that out when it comes out i'm, de- I'm definitely gonna check it out when it comes out so yeah. yeah i mean i'm at least gonna watch it see if i like it i'm not gonna just be like yeah <laughs> uh yeah. but so from there we're gonna get to our recommendations for the week and my recommendation is a thing that i actually saw like a post a link to on facebook it's a stop motion animated film called address is it approximate by Tom Jenkins and it's it's kind of a, a cool mixture of using like stuff that you have around your desk and, and uh, Google Maps Street View and what's kind of cool it's one of his toys really wants to see the Pacific Coast uh, so by using Google Maps Street View and stop motion in it it the toy travels from New York City across the United States to to California and it's, it was really cool to watch how they animated it and there's little cameos in there from from Batman and R2D2 too. So yeah. Uh, this was that was it's cool how you can use use different things like this on the computer like with Google Street View doing that and I just thought it was a, a cool little bit of animation. Oh, yeah. Is it? Yeah, I watched it and that's like one of the most out of the like thinking out of the box type stop motions I've I've seen lately. It's it's really good. The soundtrack was great and uh just the you know how they incorporated like the 
objects in the room like he was actually traveling through the environments on like the computer screen was amazing yeah like the, the lighting like the lights around the desk when he was going through the tunnel as yeah it, that was like turning around yeah, really super, cool. yeah really cool i, I just, yeah i watched it too and and um yeah i had the same feeling i like those those animations uh where they're you know they're set in like you know realistic type of uh environments and you know uh the story itself was was pretty cool i, I really liked it so that was my recommendation. What, what's your recommendation, Matt? Uh, my recommendation for this week is Black Lake by uh, David O'Reilly. And of those, uh, those of you who have never seen um, an animation by David O'Reilly, it's very, very... Uh, um, ab- he, he's very good at abstract, um, really deep, deep, <laughs> um, yeah, like short animation uh uh, shorts that he does um some of them are a little weird i'll, I'll admit that but uh, black lake is a really um i think beautiful film that uh he collaborated with on a class in and it's it's a loopable um short film i think if you turn on loop and let it play i actually uh spoke to my students about this film and i was uh kind of like uh, explaining to them how, you know, sometimes in animation, you know, you can composite things together and it doesn't have to be like a beautifully, you know, rendered scene. And in this uh, short film, Black Lake, um, he uses, and he, David O'Reilly does this in a lot of his um, uh, short films, is he actually utilizes the uh, interface of the software into his films as on purpose. So you'll see, like, while you watch Black Lake, you'll see, like, um, like the grid lines of, like, the actual three inside of the 3D software that he built mm. this uh, animation with. And he actually incorporates that type of visuals into his film on purpose. And, like, I explained to my students, you know, everything um, that you do, it, you know, you can incorporate all these different, you know, elements. And it doesn't have to be you know, a straight, you know, perfectly rendered film for it to look, you know, interesting um, to the viewer and just, you know, meaningful. So that's why I picked it uh, for my recommendation this week. Right. I, I liked it too. I thought it was cool how it kind of breaks down and shows it because it, it could also be used to show like how animation is done, like the different layerings for it and whatnot. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I liked that, like how it showed like the like the shadows for the ducks on on the lake like after they were taken out of like that one layer and then it mm-hmm. goes into the next layer and shows like their their path on the lake so yeah i, yeah, I definitely thought that was cool so it's, it's a cool learning video obviously like you were saying to, to show animation students and just people in generally interested in animation so it is yeah, definitely worth checking out for sure and what is your recommendation Corey? well my recommendation is um a short called Shapeshifter by a, a guy named Charlex. I think I'm spelling, I'm saying his name right, but um, it's it's a really it's um, it's a narration uh, of a poem by uh, Gabriel Byrne, and uh, what it is is like it, it's just a CGI, you know, really beautifully, really like polished, finished uh, like style, and it starts off it almost looks like a car commercial, but as you as it goes along and it, it just it goes through, uh, like, follows the poem, and and as the narration is going, uh, the it changes form and, and shapes and, and goes into uh, like different animals, and it it's even like you know off of the planet and then comes into like this you know mountainside, and uh, it really follows like 
a whole bunch of things. Like it, it's really, really deep, and it's like mountains and, and winding roads, and it's really, really beautifully uh, created. And uh, like the CG is really, really sharp. Um, so this is why um, why I chose uh, this because it was just it's one of those things. Like when I first saw it, it was just like wow, this is this is really, really good. And and the the combination of of the poem and the um the animation is just like really good yeah i mean i really really like this well i'm kind of surprised like a, a car company hasn't even like tried to buy right <laughs> the rights to use that like as an idea for a commercial because like you said it, it would work as a, like a commercial for a car uh and and i thought that was cool how it, it shapeshifts from like the Panthers and the Gazelles yeah. to... And, and they all still look really mechanical, you know? Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's really neat. Oh. I, I, I like the, like the realistic, you know, um, you know, photorealistic rendering style that they did in this. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it is the mechanical, like, birdish, or, like, it, it's crazy looking. It's really neat. I liked it. Beast Wars, Transformers, the commercial. <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome if it was, like, you know some some beast wars uh type of uh thing going on there but um yeah like i would like to see more from uh from charles x like following this and and uh and if they you know if it was like a transformer style like animated uh short or something like that that would be awesome because this is really good that kind of makes me hope that since we've heard that michael bay for the, the fourth movie is kind of rebooting the series i would almost that'd be cool if they were going to reboot it just do beast wars and if they're gonna just <laughs> get rid of a bunch of characters do that yeah. but with that we're gonna get into our main topic and what i'm gonna do for this is when we go from each series to the next uh when i edit this i'll i'm gonna put in the theme song for that that generation of series so 1987 <laughs> i'll put in that theme song 2003 i'll put in that one and then the new 2012 series i'll put that one in as well uh, and speaking of that, from the theme songs from each of these series so far, which would you guys say is your favorite? Out of all of these, uh, I would. Well, I mean, I grew up on the nineteen eighty seven series, the original series. Um, it's probably still my favorite, but the set, the, this new series is really good. I can't say that it's my favorite yet because, uh, you know, it's so new. It's only like three or four episodes out, but it's really a strong contender so far. Definitely. The 87 series, like, like again, I grew up on that as well. And, you know, I'm biased. <laughs> the original. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're all biased because that was the one that was on when we were, we were growing up. That's yeah. that's the one that's ingrained in our, our skull. Yeah. Uh, what I do like about the, that new 2012 theme song is that it kind of incorporates that old theme into it a bit. Yeah, the old intro, yeah while still kind of updating it at the same time. So I, I do like that where it's like paying homage to the original series and then also updating it at the same time. So Right, right. I agree. I was excited when I saw the intro. I was like, wow. <laughs> They're really trying to like pull the essence of, of the old school ones. Like like no other one uh no other turtle series did, you know? Right. Hey, get a grip! When the evil shredder attacks, these turtle boys don't 
Uh, and I guess going from there, start talking about the 1987 series. Who was your favorite turtle? <laughs> My favorite turtle. Um, it, it was it was really tough because it you know at one point each of the turtles was my favorite turtle, but by the end of it, uh, I was a Donatello fan. Um, so I was yeah. So at the end of the day, I would have to say that uh, I was a Donatello uh, fan. But you know there was it was like each moment where where I would choose oh you know I love Mikey I love Leonardo because he was a leader and then. Raphael when I was, you know, mad at my parents or something, you know. Um, so, it, yeah, each each of them, uh, but I would have to say Donatello for sure, yeah. All right, so Donatello is your favorite. Who do you th- who do you think, which turtle is actually closest to you in personality? Um, I would I would still go with, with Donatello. Donatello. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, he's he does machines and, and, and you know, I, I, I like, you know, to get into technology, I'm really... Uh, you know, far into technology and, and, and as far as um like I always picture him as like, you know, kind of like the the artist, like yeah. the really like technical person, but he's like kind of an art like he just loves and he's kind of a geeky kind of the geeky one. And um and for that like I really related to him and um and yeah for sure like Donatello for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Matt I gotta go with Michelangelo. My favorite, like the skateboarding, you know, that's just me right there. So I gotta go with Michelangelo. He's the funniest one. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, yeah, he's the comic relief. And when I, yeah, when I was, I think Michelangelo has always been my favorite too. And one, one Christmas, Michelangelo called me on the phone. I don't know what this was, (laughs) but I don't know how my parents set this up. Because the guy that they had call me on on the phone sounded exactly like Townsend Coleman, the dude that did the voice for Michelangelo in the '87 series. He sounded awesome. exactly like him. I don't. It probably wasn't that guy. It was just cool that he actually sounded like him. Because I was I was a weird kid, and there's a like a sewer um, plate in the, my back, my grandma's backyard. Mm. And I, I and I would always go back there and pretend that I was talking to the the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd, I would go to the the little top of the sewer plant and be like, "Hey guys," <laughs> that's that's where I'd play with my Ninja Turtles toys. That is awesome. But yeah, I, I liked Michelangelo a lot. But I, I think uh, personality wise, I'm probably closer to Raphael, just because because uh-huh. he's always he's kind of like the the you know the one that's got like a more of like a temper and whatnot. So I, I think honest, if I'm being honest, I would probably be closer to Raphael. Yeah. Uh, so, like, what what were some of your your favorite things about the, the '87 series? Uh, um, well, my favorite things about it was it was it was just you know it was just right for its time you know it was uh it was fun and it was everywhere you know by the second third series like it was it was everywhere like you you go to McDonald's or Burger King and get your toys and or it actually had the the VHS the the movies that they were um giving out or selling for like a couple bucks with your happy meal or something like that. And I tried to collect them all. And, um, you know, it, it just like, it doesn't necessarily stick with, or have to stick with, uh, with the actual show itself, even though that was like their basis, the groundwork for everything that I loved about the turtles right back then. But it, you know, it was everything that was, that was with it, the toys, you know, it, it just like you, 
as a kid, you you know, I brought my like my life revolved around turtles for a good number, a good couple of years, just like everything. Um, I have a little story uh, about the the toys. Uh, you know, it was Christmas time. I was probably about five or six or something like that, and you know, everybody's like, oh, my family is like, oh, so what do you want for Christmas? And I was like. You know, I want all four, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, toys and stuff like that. And and each one of my my relatives was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But none of them talked to each other. They're they're all like, oh, what do you want Santa to give you? Nice. And 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 at the end of the day, like when Christmas time come around, I had like four sets of all four turtles. Huh. <laughs> I had I had sixteen turtles. <laughs> oh, and I was everybody was like, oh man, we, we should have talked to each other. And I was <laughs> there like, yes, I got so many turtles. <laughs> so I was the happiest kid on, on, on the planet that that year <laughs> for sure. Yeah, like the original series that like introduced you to Shredder and uh, uh Krang. Krang Which, uh, when like nowadays, when I think of Krang, uh, there's there's a Marvel, uh, isn't there a Marvel villain that looks almost exactly like Krang? I can't. Uh, the dude with the big head, like, and that like the mechanical thing that floats around. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember his name actually. Uh, he he has like a like a like Mo, Moto, Moto. Yeah, Moto. Yeah, I think it was. I think it's yeah. Moto. But like whenever I see him, I oh, I can't think anything else but that that's krang just because of like krang is like that the brain thing from dimension <laughs> x and he's got like his uh his his that body thing that can grow tall and i don't know just, like everything about that original series was awesome like and like you were saying about the toys i don't think i ever got a lot of the toys i i remember i had michelangelo and michelangelo could change from the pre-mutated Michelangelo turtle oh, yeah. to to the actual Michelangelo the turtle big shell which you can flip out and and change the parts right? yeah and and yeah. then my my wife had told me she had freaking all the the characters she had the their uh, bus and right. then, and the blimp the turtle <laughs> blimp and yeah. then she had all four of them and she had shredder and stuff I was like you suck how come we were playing when we were kids I could have played with all your Ninja Turtles toys I had a I had a, a motorcycle that transformed into like a helicopter type of thing. Uh that was pretty cool. It was like one of the later series uh, of toys. But yeah, uh there's there's a lot of them. And in like the movies, the videos, um I used to watch those like forever, those Burger King videos. Oh yeah. Um yeah. yeah. There's like the Rat King and and <laughs> and uh, there's so many villains. Uh, from that old that old series that I loved. Um, speaking speaking of them, Bebop and Rocksteady. Bebop and Rocksteady was awesome. Uh, every time I think about Bebop and Rocksteady, I think of the episode where they had the uh, it was the um, what do you call it? Um, the gravity boots. Like everything was like, oh, yeah. flipping upside down. They had this gravity machine, reverse <laughs> gravity, and everything was flying up in the air. And they had these gravity boots, and they were like able to stay on the ground and. Yeah, it was it was pretty funny, and then you know eventually the turtles got got a hold of those boots, and uh, yeah, every time I think about Rock Rocksteady and Bebop, I think about that episode, and it was pretty fun. It was pretty awesome. I must have watched it a hundred times. <laughs> uh, and then like if we're talking about this, you can't forget to talk about uh, Rob Paulson who voiced Raphael on that. 
And then he's now actually voicing Donatello on the new series, which which is which is kind of cool. But like watching that that new series, you want him to be Raphael just because you were used to that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I loved this 1987 series, and then kind of segueing into well, actually before I go to the, the next thing. Uh, this original series, when it played in in Europe, or in the UK rather, was censored, so that it was the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, oh. or the Teenage Mutant Fighting Turtles, and and I guess that was because uh, the, <laughs> this is like a it was a really weird reason why, because especially with that type of stuff that like you can watch on on British television, with the reason that they they edited this, but. It was basically they took out all nunchucks stuff with Michelangelo in the show because of stuff like that, and I don't they didn't like the word ninja in the UK apparently in the 80s, so that's why they took that out as well. That's, that's pretty strange. I never heard that before. Yeah, so so it's just like a, a weird thing, and and then actually when the show it was shown on BBC, the phrases like "let's kick some shell" <laughs> and, and and "bummer." were removed from the episodes. The the later one is because uh, bummer is actually a British slang term for going somewhere that's like very uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, uh, if you, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but and then the series Ninja Turtles: The Next Mutation, uh, the live action series that they did was referred to as Hero Turtles, just because of of that too. So it's kind of like a, a weird thing for censoring it, but I guess over the pond does different things um yeah. uh and then we have to before we go anywhere we have to talk about april o'neill and casey jones too oh yes oh, yeah. they're like the fifth and sixth turtle yeah. <laughs> casey jones is always awesome like uh he was like the badass he should have been a turtle but you know he's like an honorary the honorary turtle and in, in uh they even like copied him or like made different little version of him in the in the second movie and uh, uh should I hit me with a Jose can say go bat? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that, yeah. That was the the first movie, I'm sorry. Um yeah, he was cool in that one too, but in the in the series he was he was pretty awesome. <laughs> And that tooth in the two thousand three series, it's it, like Raphael is a weird relation as a like a weird bromance with Casey Jones. Yeah, I think that that was one of like the first bromances you would. <laughs> but because because when I was wa- watching the the Turtles Forever thing, yeah, like when spoiler alert when everybody is getting like erased from existence, kind of yeah. uh, after April is erased from existence. And then Casey's just standing there, and Raphael's like, Casey! <laughs> I was like, whoa, you're getting kind of... Uh... Well, they both had that hot temper, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From together. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, whereas like our series in the 1987 series that ended in 96, I want to say, uh, um, in that series, like the turtles you know, were more, more or less kind of like superheroes almost. And they had like on their belts had, you know, the L R D and M on there. Yeah. Uh, and then in this 2003 series, it kind of went back to like the darker roots of the original comic that was, mm-hmm. that was created. Uh, by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Uh, and then I think I remember the initial thing that bothered me about the 2003 ones was that they didn't have any pupils. Mm. And I was like, why do they just have white areas for their eyes? Because <laughs> I, I think like that bothered me because like, you couldn't... I think something about cartoon characters not having pupils somehow makes it so you're less emotionally invested in that character for some reason. I don't know, yeah. know why was, that is. It was yeah. really... Uh... Yeah, it was really uh, like, like I guess they tried to pull out the like a ninja, like a really mysterious kind of like thing yeah. going on there. But um, it was in fact a little like uh, like scary, yeah. a little bit, you know. And I think what happened, like, well, that the first four seasons it was like, the same basic concept, uh, but I think whenever they actually took off their their bandanas around their eyes, they did have pupils. So I think it was just when they had the bandanas on. They had mm-hmm. the whiteness, uh, like but that first first season it was like the basic Ninja Turtles concept with you know the turtles and Master Splinter. Oh, we forgot to talk about Master Spl- about Splinter. Oh yeah, Splinter, the the I one who holds it. it all together. Yeah, uh, we're like in the, the original series. I want to say Splinter was a mutated mutated rat of Yoshi, right? Yeah. But then yeah. in the 2003 series, uh. Splinter is actually Yoshi mutated from his pet rat, so he actually is. And I think that was going from the the films because wasn't it like that in the films too? Right, I think in the films he was a he was a rat whose master Yoshi died. Yeah, and there's he, there's like different things for Splinter, yeah. like where he either either was the pet rat or. He is that guy, but mixed with the pet rat. Right. Like yeah. in the original, the original cartoon, he was a, uh, he was himself. He was a human, and then he kind of turned into a rat. Yeah. Uh but yeah, man. Uh, I remember the the theme song for this one wasn't as good as you're we talking about, like as for the, the original series because, it, I don't know. It seemed almost lazy. <laughs> and like. <laughs> And like I remember the open an- animation sequence, I uh, just used the the TMNT in it as like building, so that was kind of cool. But yeah. they're like turtles counted off now. Uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely the theme song for the the original series is better than this one. Um, and then they did something kind of interesting with this series, whereas after the fourth season, their fifth season was like a Ninja Tribunal season, which was mm. interesting. Uh, where they uh, encountered another version of Shredder, uh, and then the turtles are basically brought to train, and uh, they learn they gain new weapons, uh, learn how to channel their chi into powerful projectiles, yeah. and find their inner animal spirit. So in that series, in that season, they kind of became uh, Nin- Ninja Turtles Z. Ninja Turtle, Ninja Turtle Ball Z or 
But yeah, I, so I think that might have been like them trying to compete with like Power Rangers at mm. at one point, but you can't give the Ninja Turtles new weapons. They they have to have the katanas, the sai, the bow staff, and the nunchuck. Oh yeah. You can't give them anything else. That's right. that's what they need to have. Uh, and then the fast forward season, uh, all of the turtles got thrown into the the future, uh, hundred years into the future, where they meet and befriend Cody Jones, which is a teenage descendant of April and Casey. So April and Casey mm. got together and had uh, brown chicken, brown cow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Cody is running a successful, in, influential technology company, and is their soul there, and it's. Like this version kind of brought it back to like the funnier, like brighter tone that like their R nineteen eighty seven series had, and it focused on shorter storylines and didn't have as many arcs going throughout. Uh, and then some of the characters from past seasons returned in that. And then the season after that, they went back to present day, and that season was the back to the sewer season. Yeah. Uh, and it had some of the characters from the fast forward season in there and the main villain in that was a cybernetic like they fight in a cybernetic reality and a cybernetic version of shredder right right i remember that so like they had like all this futuristic stuff going on and then like they were fighting shredder in the computer it was interesting so it felt kind of weird yeah. but from that we got the for the 25th anniversary of the ninja turtles yeah, the Turtles Forever special, which I finally just got to watch today. And Corey, did, you got to watch this, right? Yeah, yeah too. I, I watched it too. It was uh, it was funny. Like uh, I like how they how they blended in the turtles. Basically, uh, from there was the 2003 series Turtles and the 1987 series Turtles, the original Turtles. They kind of uh, are in the same dimension, same universe, and. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty cool. It's, uh, at first, you know, they they have the well when they first all connect, all eight turtles, uh, the old the old school turtles. They're like you know walking around the streets and they're like, hey, you know, how you doing? Like like no type of ninja, like no type of hiding or anything because that they never really did that uh, in the original series. And in the new turtles are like, wait, what? We're supposed to be you know in the shadows and stuff like that. So they don't want to follow them around and stuff. I thought that was pretty funny. Like the differences between the two series. Yeah, and it's 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 cool because uh, like w- when the 1987 turtles are in the 2003 universe, uh, like like you said, they're experiencing all that stuff, and like the, the 2003 turtles are like it's like dealing with five Mikeys. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because they're like the the two the 1987 series was so much. More, you know, like lighthearted than the 2003 was, and right, right. so it's kind of cool, like how both set of turtles like learned, I guess, from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the the end of the episode, they meet like the original uh, Turtles Prime from the original comic, and, mm-hmm. and that was interesting too because like those turtles are so dark. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's based and like Raphael when he gets there, he's like, oh, I'm gonna retire here. <laughs> Because all like all those turtles are essentially like Raphael because they're they're so dark, and then you have Leonardo narrating, yeah. and that was pretty awesome too. And it's funny when the 2003 turtles go back to the 87 universe too, yeah. and they're like, "Why is everything so weird?" 
<laughs> and like all like the weird 80s like clothes like all the the characters are wearing and like the weird mutated things that are are attacking april there's like there's a mutated banana oh, yeah. like a mutated slice yeah. of pizza so it kind of makes fun a little bit of like the weird things that that did get mutated and like that they, they did have to fight in the 1987 version yeah and, and the old school mikey the 1987 mikey was like uh, he was eating pizza, and he's like, "Oh, where are the jelly beans and stuff like?" That? Oh yeah, <laughs> like th- this is the type of things that they were they were going on in the the '80s version. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and what's also cool about this 25th anniversary version too is at at one point, like the sh- the shredder from the 2003 version is showing them like all the all these multiverses of the turtles, and you mm-hmm. get like all these snippets of, of like different turtles comics. Uh, you oh, yeah. you see the 2000 and seven film clip on there you see the live action film in there and yeah. i mean i bet like if they were to re-release the special now they probably somewhere in there try to insert like a clip from the 2012 series now but yeah that makes sense it, it was cool to kind of like you know show like that that huge universe that the turtles has has made in the past well, at that time in the past 25 years when this came out in 2009 yeah yeah and I mean, I didn't realize this was gonna be like a feature-length movie. It's eight, it was well, it was 81 minutes long. Oh yeah, it was it was pretty long. It, it was cool too because they like the like I was talking about earlier. They they used the turtle blimp. Uh, <laughs> they used like the new 2000, 2003 turtle van and the 87 turtle van. Yeah. And, and this was just like a cool way of like celebrating like all the different characters that had become popular from turtles and whatnot. And it it was cool to hear the 87 voices with the 2003 voices and see like that same kind of see that style of artwork kind of intermixed together with that. I I thought that was cool. And that, and it ends with uh, Eastman and and Laird uh, essentially creating the the first comic. So it was in the live (laughs) action. So that was cool too. Yeah. It was, it was very good for the 25th anniversary special, you know? Yeah. And hopefully like they, since I, I want to say like some of these that when they aired on TV were in HD, maybe eventually they'll at least release uh, this Turtles Forever special as like a Blu-ray or something. So that, that would probably look pretty good in, in HD. I can see it. I can see it added on to you know uh, a different Turtles uh, DVD set or something like that. They just add this in. Yeah. Um, I would hope that it that it could be sold alone but you know either way you know if i can get my hands on this thing in in, on a blu-ray or something like that that'd be awesome yeah uh and then going from there the 1997 or 1997 i don't know why i went back that far 2007 (laughs) the 2007 film tmnt uh which continuity wise fits in with the three live action films but is animated um came out and i remember when this came out I actually enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was cool. It, was, it it fit in with the like it had a lighter tone to it, but then it also you know had the the dark turtles tone with it too. And oh, yeah. Michelangelo was awesome in it again. And is that a, a cool? It had it like interesting cast for the turtles in this too. Uh, he had Nolan North. Uh, if anyone's ever played the Uncharted video games. Uh, he does the voice of Drake on that, but he did the voice of Raphael. And in this, Raphael was the Night Watcher because in this, the turtles have kind of split up because Leonardo has gone to South America for some reason. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chris Evans uh, is Casey Jones. Patrick Stewart mm. is is uh, like they're kind of like the the main, I guess, bad guy in this. If you'd want him to be, uh, Kevin Michael Richardson is actually does a voice in this, which is cool because he's now doing the voice of Shredder in the 2012 series. Uh, Sir Sir Michelle Gellar did the voice of April O'Neil. Uh, and so, um, and then James Arnold Taylor, the Arnold, Mikey Kelly, his Michelangelo, uh, Mitchell and Whitfield is Donatello, and then Lawrence Fishburne is the narrator. <laughs> and then you got Kevin Smith as a diner cook, which is kind of funny just to throw Kevin Smith in there. Yeah, yeah. I I really like this movie too. Um, I remember like first seeing it and, and thinking like the animation is great, you know. Um, yeah. The story was was pretty good too, uh, even though it was it, it was supposed to like follow along the lines of of the live action movies. It was still like cartoony in the sense that the the villains were really like you know like out of more animated than than the realistic versions of or the more realistic versions of the of the live action series. So it was kind of a blend, um, in my opinion, but. Uh, it was like, yeah, I really like the animation scene. I really love that scene um, when they were on the rooftop when it was Leonardo in, uh, in the Night Watcher. And, uh, and then, you know, come to find out, oh, it's Raph. And then, oh, yeah. you know, they're still going at it. And, and it was really tense, you know. That, that was a really tense uh, scene, and I really liked it. That scene's great, too. Like, the animation in that, it's raining, oh, yeah. and then, like, they have the neon light behind them as they're fighting. And the fighting was awesome, too. Matt, if you haven't seen that... I'd... Uh, I would just Google or or YouTube um, like that scene and watch it because the, the animation and that's like really 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 good and it, I'm I'm assuming it'd probably be in HD on on the, yeah. on there if yeah. you could find it. But, if, you, if you watch that, you'll definitely want to watch the entire movie. Yeah, it, it'll it'll get you like pumped up. It's like really good. Yeah, I'm watching. Um, I'm actually watching the 2007. Yeah, the teaser right now for it, and it looks pretty yeah. rad. I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. The style is really cool. Yeah, I, I liked like the the animation style that they did for it, like then kind of like the character designs, mm-hmm. yeah. or where it is kind of mixing the live action films, the 1987 series and that 2003 series, to kind of make this cool amalgamation of the characters in CG. And this was the first time you'd see the Ninja Turtles in CG like that too. Uh, and I, I kind of wish the film had done better. So maybe they could have done another film. I mean, it made 95 million. Yeah. So I don't know exactly why that's a bad amount of money. I think if anything <laughs> makes over, <laughs> over a million dollars, I mean, and especially since the budget for, for the movie, it looks like it was only 34 million. Uh, so they definitely but, yeah, it's uh, still like a a good surplus of sixty million, yeah, for the the movie. I don't know, but you know, I I liked that film a lot. I I liked the tone of it, and and then since it does fit within the chronological film order of the live action films, it was cool at the end when you see like uh, Splinter's little uh, trophy case, and you see the staff of time from uh, Turtles in Time, mm-hmm. and I think you see one of the the. Ca- the ooze canisters there too from secret of the ooze and then shredder's helmets there because they kind of set it up there for shredder to be coming back for like a fifth movie if they did another one right right so i i'm really hoping that the ninja turtles movie that again talking about michael bay was developing (laughs) is is dead and if 
they are going to do another, another Turtles film. They would just do another animated one like this because I, I like the style for this and whatnot. So. Yeah. Definitely interested in seeing more of that. I agree. Now, I'm going to have to get this on Blu-ray. I have it on DVD, but thinking about the animation again, I, I definitely would like to see it in like its full HD-ness and oh, yeah. <laughs> enjoy it for all of that. Uh, and then finally from there, there we're going to finally talk about the, the new 2012 series, which I've seen the pilot for, and like we talked about a bit, I like I do like the new theme song for this. Uh, and what's cool about this cast is Leonardo is voiced by Jason Biggs yeah. of, of Pi fame. Donatello is voiced by Rob Paulson, like we talked about. Raphael is voiced by Sean Astin. You may remember from little films like Lord of the Rings and The Goonies and you know <laughs> stuff like the and Rudy and stuff like that. Uh, and then Michelangelo is voiced by Greg Kipes. So I don't know if you guys know who this guy is, but I've watched Ben Ten with my son. Uh, mm. he, he did the voice of Kevin Levin on that, and then he's actually the voice of Nova on the Ultimate Spider-Man animated oh. series too. So oh, that's cool. He, he fits yeah. he fits like that the mentality of Michelangelo because he's like and then if I don't know if these are still free on iTunes but they had like like the panel from Comic Con there and, and you can see why this guy is a perfect dude to do the voice for Michelangelo because <laughs> he seems like a really like mellowed out kind of like surfer guy that like Michelangelo would be so yeah. and I, I blame like for the reason I've said dude so much during this episode I blame Ninja Turtles for my use of the word dude and cowabunga. <laughs> That's where it came from. Yeah. Uh, and April O'Neil is voiced by Mae Whitman uh, from Arrested Development, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And she also does voice of Tinkerbell in the, the Disney animated films. So, And in, in this, as we should talk about this, is that April O'Neil is actually the same age as the Turtles. Oh, yeah. So I, I kind of like how they did that. So it's, I guess, not as creepy... I mean, I mean, they're still animals, and she's still a human. But like, yeah. if, if there's that that kind of love interest there, is that they're actually like the same age and not like. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, with that 2003 series, they kind of made it so like, okay, Casey Jones and April O'Neil are they're they're human allies, so that we'll pair them up as like a couple. So yeah. I, like, I wonder if they'll introduce Casey Jones in this series because he hasn't shown up yet. But, did you see the the when you saw the pilot? Did you see it was the first and second episode combined? Did you see both of them? It yeah. was like a yeah. I saw. Was he in that? I don't, maybe I didn't notice. Well, him. No, no, he wasn't in it. But there was a a scene with a with a van, uh, with a white van, and it was driving off, and like they pulled that pulled this guy out, and he looked like he could be uh, Casey Jones, but in, in the end, it wasn't. But uh, 
I was like, when I saw it, I was, I was like, oh, this this character is going to be yeah. like Casey Jones or something. And he was just like a henchman or something. So, yeah, um, yeah I hope I hope they pull. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure, though, you can't you can't forget about Casey Jones now. Yeah, I'm sure he'll, he'll show up sometime. I haven't seen the third or fourth episode yet, so maybe he shows up in those. Yeah, but uh, I've, seen the, I've seen the third episode. Um, he doesn't show up, but uh, it's really good. Like this, this series. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more. Um, there was uh, there's a lot of uh, the, the animation is great. Is the animation is is actually better than the art style, which I think is good as well like uh it, it mixes a whole bunch of things it mixes it mixes up the the like 3d and um and like flashbacks are like in 2d comic style yeah uh, like black and white with a little bit with like little hints of color it, it's pretty cool um and in the style of 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 the turtles and and splinter splinter is really different from uh from what he's been shown in the past few series or or in any incarnation of the turtles, um, and but I mean I kind of I kind of like it. He looks he looks younger. He definitely looks like a, <laughs> a younger guy. Yeah. He he, sit, he stands up straight instead of like hunching over with a cane and stuff. Uh, and uh, he was he was fighting with them in the the first episode. Oh yeah. 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 The look of uh, this new series, the 2012 series. I've seen a lot of 3D go in this direction. And it's there's a lot of like hard edges in the models now, and you'll see like exaggerated proportions, like the hands and the feet are bigger on the turtles, um, you know. And then they have that uh, that painted uh, texture. There isn't a lot of like fine like bump on like any of the textures. It's all just smooth painted and like hard edges, and the mm. animation's really snappy. So I, I've seen a lot like a lot of animation, a lot of 3D is going in that direction these days. So I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good mix of of like a like it still kind of wants to have like that two D feel, even though yeah. it's three D. So um, yeah, I think that that's what they're aiming for, you know, at least. Yeah, what you guys have been saying about the animation, so I like that a lot. How it's mixing all these different like styles together, mm. and and one and the, the panel thing that is on on iTunes, it's definitely worth checking out because it talks about like the creator of this new series. About how he wanted to mix like anime and with uh, the 2D and comic books, and he said he wanted to basically mix everything that was awesome about the past series and the comics and films and everything, and just mix them into this series to try to make it as awesome as possible. Uh, it was like we were talking about earlier. Nolan North did a, the voice of Raphael in the film. He's actually doing the voice of Krang in in this series, and then. Uh, Phil Lamar is doing the voice of Baxter Stockman, and uh, Clancy Brown, uh, who did Lux Luthor's voice on the Superman animated series, is voicing Chris Bradford, which is uh, basically, he's a famous martial artist in this series that's secretly a member of the Foot Clan. So, okay. yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing more of this. Uh, as the end of the, the pilot has Shredder coming back, or yeah. not coming back, but coming to to New York City after he saw the the turtles were around. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where this, this series can go. And it is definitely a, an origin, like it's a retelling, it's a reboot. Um it's yeah. Uh like they didn't I don't think until the third episode which you neither of you have seen yet 
since they started like they that's when they first started calling themselves Ninja Turtles. Oh man. Um yeah, they they it's really uh like they discovered pizza in the pilot oh, yeah. and, and all that stuff. <laughs> what um, is this? Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, Michael Andrews like, "Oh, this isn't uh, you guys don't want to try any of this. I'll just eat the rest of it." <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of uh, a lot of things that like that that were just like, "Oh, this is like the beginning." You know, they just met uh, April uh, in the series, and uh, oh, and then they, they and, pick pick Leonardo as the leader. Oh yeah, and they and they choose a leader and stuff like that, and uh, yeah, yeah, I really like it, and and especially like if you like, um, I think if you like the Ultimate Spider-Man, and like their their style, um, it would definitely you would definitely like this because sometimes like their eyes would go uh, into like the zany like almost oh, yeah. 2D like comic uh style it's really like comical like that too um Definitely. which is which is pretty cool it doesn't like they don't break the fourth wall or anything like that oh, but, yeah. um but otherwise like it's really like like that type of comic style in in 3D too so i think that's pretty cool Definitely. um but yeah i'm i'm definitely on board for for this uh series uh and it's it's on saturday mornings which is cool cuz I always looked forward to Saturday morning cartoons when I was younger, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's nice that my my son can be like that with like new cartoons because they've kind of switched it to Sundays now more or less now, but it's on sun Saturdays Saturday mornings on Nickelodeon because actually Nickelodeon has the rights to all past Ninja Turtles series too. Well, actually, mm. actually the 2003 version and then this they can play, but I guess. Uh, Disney Junior is going to be playing the 1987 series. Oh. So. Yeah. And, and then also the edited version of the first film and the other four, I mean, other three films, they're going to be on Disney Junior. I, there, was a, there was a question uh, that I wanted to ask when we were talking about the 1987 series. Were, was there like a series in between... Uh, the two in between 2003 and, and 1987, there was like a, I remember there was uh, a live action series in between. Well, the... no, it's, it, I'm thinking of an animated one. It was probably on for about two or three seasons actually. And it was like a whole new style. Like it was really dark. Um, it was a really dark style. And, uh, it, it was on, I think it was on CBS wow. and they, they had like, uh, like similar to how the live action TV series was, they, they each had different style of head of bandanas. Hmm. Um, but it was, it was like really like dark tonally. And it, it was, I think I'm pretty sure it was on for about two or three seasons. And I remember watching that and then like, uh, I don't ever hear about it. Like it, it disappeared into the, you know, the, uh, comic cartoon ether. Pretty much. <laughs> I get, I can't find anything about it. Yeah, it was, it was, crazy um i i'm not hallucinating this i swear like there there was there was a, a separate series that was on cbs uh, i i can almost guarantee you i can't find anything about it either but um i don't know maybe it was i don't know it was a totally different uh style or because the only thing i can think of is that that live action series the next mutation where they had a sister yeah hmm You'll have to look that up. Try and check it out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if, if any of our listeners know what, what Corey's talking about, I th think I, I, it sounds somewhat familiar. 
but I can't. It, it had a it had a different theme song and everything. I can kind of hum the theme song because I remember it. It's like it's like <laughs> I'm gonna make a fool of myself right here. So just bear with me. It's like teenage mutant ninja turtles. Teenage mutant ninja turtles. It was, it, that's how it was. It, it, <laughs> you're bringing back, I mean, you're bringing back something there. Something's peeking yeah. through my memory now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I wish I could find it. It was. There's it some was, anime Ninja Turtles thing it was called there. Mutant Turtles. Some, yeah, somebody knows. Please. <laughs> there's two, ep- there's two episodes of like a, an anime version of the Turtles. Mm. Uh, it's called Mutant Turtles in 96 and 97. Hmm. It was only two episodes. Yeah, it looks like it was two to like different special type things. No, this this was definitely like a, a series, like a full blown, like it had a, a good maybe twenty something episodes. I'm looking through the story. I'm on Wikipedia right now. I'm looking through uh, the original turtles. I think I might have found something. It says in the last three seasons, I'm, I'm quoting it, uh, in the last three seasons, the show, which had already lasted well past its average lifespan for most Saturday, Saturday morning cartoons, went through dramatic changes. The animation became darker and closer. Yep, this is it. Okay. Darker and closer to the movie style. Uh, the color of the sky, blah, uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. The theme song changed. Yep. All right, so. Oh, yeah, because that was after uh, they banished. Krang and Shredder to Dimension X, and then they had the, the Lord uh, Craig or Drag or something like that, right? Yeah, yep. So, yeah, this is this is what I was thinking of. All right. Okay. Oh, that makes me feel so much better. All right. <laughs> so it was, it's technically connected to the first series. But, yeah, they, they changed it so much those last, uh, I guess, two or three seasons. They changed it, like... Like epically, it looked like a different series. <laughs> I guess they're trying to follow it, but wow, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that is the turtles uh, for today. Uh, the heroes in a half shell. Uh, oh, I, before we we go out, I, I, or do you remember the the concert tours that they did for the turtles from like the live action series? And they had like a <laughs> CD or like a tape. Uh, the Don't turtles were coming out of our shell. <laughs> don't yeah, don't make me sing that song. <laughs> Please don't. That'll uh, be the closing music for today. I'll I'll put we're coming out of our shell for our closing music for the podcast. <laughs> I had that tape not... and I listened to it over and over again. Yeah, it was the cassette tape and yeah, I, I used to listen to it a lot too. It was like one of those things. Hey kids, cassette tapes were these things that they weren't on these round discs. They were kind of uh, these things that you inserted into a tape player. And it was before CD. Yeah. If your mom or dad has a really old car, before iTunes, their, their stereo yeah. probably has a, a, a cassette player. Yeah. <laughs> and if you can find the, the the tape, you can put it in there and listen to coming out of a shell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that's our our Ninja Turtle show for today. Uh, 
So with that, don't forget you guys can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Mark Vibbert, M-A-R-C-V-I-B-B-E-R-T. And I'm at Questpact, Q-U-E-S-T-P-A-C-T. And where can they find you, Corey? Uh, you can find me on, on Twitter at Corey L. Uh, C-O-R-Y underscore E-L. Uh, or you can follow our show at Animated Podcast. Uh, and then feel free to email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, visit our site at animationfascination.wordpress.com. And you can also like us on Facebook just by searching for Animation Fascination. Uh, I'm Mark Vibbert, so for myself, Matt Quest, and our awesome, bodacious uh, <laughs> hero in a half shell, Corey Armstrong, uh, thank you for listening, and make sure to tune in again next time, guys. Cowabunga. See later, ya. dude. <laughs> See you later, Mark. See, See you later, Corey. See you, Matt. We're coming out of a We got started, we knew that we scored Learning the music and finding the cards We just kept practicing, we stayed underground I want to talk about Ninja Turtles so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, people that will listen to me. <laughs>